Hello and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble podcast, proudly supported by Sidelines Bar and Grill at Erina. On this week's show, we review the recent preseason games. We get Sean Millerkamp on the phone for a good chat, and Jesse Canning, the events manager, is in the studio. I'm Phil, and I'm joined by Josh and the one and only, first and last, A-League Member of the Year 2014, Aaron Morrow. How you doing, guys? Good, Jimmy. How are you? I'm well. Beautiful. Tomorrow? Beautiful, beautiful. And we've got Jesse in for the first uh, 10 minutes, and then we'll, you'll hear his interview a bit later. Yep, no worries. All right, so we're going to do the weekly walkout, so you have to guess what this song is, or what it relates to. I would know. Katy Perry's very good. Yeah, what are your favourite hits in it, Josh? Love Katy Perry. What's this got to do? It is Katy Perry. Is this the, uh, the Young Socceroos being out? No. The Jellies being out? I'm still trying to figure out who Katy Perry is. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to have a guess? But I've heard this song. No. Nothing? Got nothing, mate. Nothing? This could be anything. Let's though, think about TV intros. Do you remember a show that had this as its intro? You know? Yes. What was it? Ah. It is the intro to MasterChef. Who Julie oh, Goodwin Julie won. Goodwin, number that's, one to that's, get that's very clever, Jimmy. Very, very well done. Bit cryptic. Very well done. Bit cryptic. You guys need to pick up your game. Love it. Love it. I haven't watched a, a second of MasterChef in my life. How would I know it? And I've just heard my first Katy Perry song. I love that. I've got a Ukrainian version of this. <laughs> I do. I'm well, sticking to the English when I've learned uh, it. I'll worry about the A band called Los Colorados. It's brilliant. <laughs> I'll play it for you. Wow. Can't wait. Anyway. Alright, well, we're on to the first subject then. Move on. Um, starting with some bad news. Uh, we heard uh, about oh, two, uh, two and a half hours now. Yep. Um, Jake Adelson has done his ACL in his left knee. Horrible news. Absolutely horrible news. And it's it's a different leg to the one that he did before. So he's done two two ACLs in two years, which is extremely horrible luck. And... Uh, it was a b- very bad sound that we heard fr- at Knox. We were, uh, there was a couple of us at Knox behind the goals. We were, um, had a good time there besides the result. And, you know, it was. I think the mood changed as soon as Adelson went down under really no contact. And he, he it looked ball, really bad. He got the ball close to the 18-yard box and started making the run down, down the sideline. Um, he was trying to get in I think behind. It was he was trying to get was, behind Barbarousas. Yeah. So what he did, he, he, he cut back to try and turn him. And um, I know a couple of people I've spoken to that were next to me definitely heard a crack. Yeah. And um, we heard him scream. And um, that's, well, we pretty much guessed an ACL straight away. 
and that was confirmed by the club uh, as of recording about two hours ago. So Very yeah. sad for a young fellow who's uh, been uh, spending a lot of time on rehabilitation for a long time now and yep. uh, that's a tough thing for any player to do it again and uh, I guess uh, is it a positive that it's not the same knee? Oh, if the, if we could draw any positive out of that, it'd be it'd be that, yeah. But the thing that really and like obviously that's well, cut that out. That that was bad. No, just keep going. But the the thing is, so I've done my left knee ACL, and after it, I found that my left knee was actually more flexible and actually stronger than my right, like my my right leg. I'm not entirely surprised that he's done his other leg. Um, I'm not saying that he, you know, he wasn't conditioned correctly or but um you know you tend to favor we tend to work on one leg so much to get it back that the other one i don't know i don't know if that's that's why but and i wasn't there on saturday um i had some family business but i gather that he was playing really well he was he was was playing very well when he he came on on the pitch when he came on he was he was linking up with ferreira very well um so speaking of that result we uh Lost to Wellington 1-0. Um, the game wasn't the greatest, let's be honest. The pitch wasn't the greatest either. The pitch the, wasn't that great. Look, the gra- it was covered in grass, great surface, but um, the Bobbles. bobble was just incredible. Oh, yeah. There were a couple of times when back passes to Nachevsky, there was one moment where in the second half, Nachevsky uh, bobbled it into the turf and nearly conceded off it. Um the goal that we conceded never should have happened. Izzo, just a, a simple, really, a simple drop from the corner and Watson tapped it in at the back post and that was the only goal of the game. I don't think we played terrible, but the, first were, 20 were, minutes, the attacking threat yeah. that we had wasn't really there. No, the first 20 minutes we were on. Um, it's, it's, it's like last year. I, I found that, you know, the start of the game we did well and then just... Dropped off. Yeah, I don't know. Don't know why. Don't know if it's a mental thing where they think, okay, we've got this easy, we can take our foot off now. But yeah, you can't take your foot off until the final whistle has gone. But um, yeah, like you say, the fi- the final third, um, not much happening there. I thought the first half on that Trent again was productive down down that right side. See again, the first twenty minutes, Trent and was then, good, and then the passes started getting deeper. The passes started getting too hard. Yep. Um, you know, he's quick, but he's not that quick. I think um, Parkhouse, Nick's new signing, who uh, was who was playing alongside Trent and marking him, played pretty well. So yeah. Trent had a he had a couple of opportunities to try to get through, but just didn't exactly come off. But I think we can put that down to still being pre-season, I guess, and still trying to figure out what to do. And it was I think the first sort of sort of competitive game that Ocon was in charge for. Um, I think he drew a few positives out of the loss. Was saying stuff like, "Oh, there's stuff to work on," blah 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 blah. But uh, I think there's there's no one doubting that he's got a massive job to uh, to get us get us ready for the season. Hopefully, we can have a uh, a better season than I think we're going to have. And uh, the Jets beat City, but those are understrength. City. It was yeah. Jets beat City four 0 in Ballarat on the weekend. Um, were they really, really as undermanned as it seemed to be suggested on social City, media? Uh, City played a lot of youth kids. Not when they played think... against um, Wellington, though. So that's eight goals considered in two games. They they did lose to a uh, lose when they were full strength to Wellington, but then yeah. they lost to the Jets four 0 when they were under strength. I think Jets almost played their full strength side as well. So, oh, just a preseason. Was hit Daniel out. coaching? Um, for 
those who didn't listen to after the credits last week, <laughs> go back and listen. We actually uh, called up offering Daniel the um, job of the Jets coach. He's still um, processing his resume. He, yeah, I don't think he's, he's still working on it. We might try and call him again tonight and see what happens. Okay, so the Young Socceroos and the Joeys both lost. They did. Uh, young Socceroos lost three two against Thailand, despite going ahead with an early go. Our goal. I think they'll they'll two 0 up and they lost three two, which is Correct, which yeah. is which sucks. And uh, so they've got Laos in a couple of days. So I hear. And uh, they are uh, Aaron. They were bottom of the they're group, languishing at the bottom of this pool on one point from I think four outings. We're in second, um, having three wins from our four attempts. Uh, well, Th- Thailand were the tournament favourites and are undefeated, I believe. So we, uh, we, if if we're ever going to win, it should be this one and get us back on track. Yeah, and get us into the semi, hopefully, and then get us into the final, hopefully. Yeah. So, yeah, and then the Joeys lost. Um, they've got Japan coming up too in their final good <sighs> game. But, That's tough. Um, yeah, so I can't see. I think they're knocked out now, but um, don't cut me on that. Yep, unfortunately, if uh, that, if that's true that they're knocked out, that sucks. And uh, what do you guys reckon? Do you think if our youth teams are they're not going that great, do well, you think I, there I, needs to be a change? I'd like to know if they're playing in the same structure and the same um, sort of setup as as the full national team and what Ocon you know has been told to do with our club. Well, we know. I don't know about our club, but we know from some of his well, comments. First half it was. Yeah, we know from some of his comments that he that there is a filter down from the main team through the lower levels, if you want to call them that, in the soccer room. So I'd totally expect that the same um, philosophies and game plans would be um, tailored to suit our individual needs. Obviously, different players in different positions and things require a degree of customization, I suppose, to that plan. But but yeah, I'd expect that we're going to play the official soccer way. It's uh, it's hard to play the soccer way when obviously the teams are so different. We've got different players. Yeah, but it needs to happen. Yeah, yeah. So you know, if <clears throat> you can't have a young prospect trying to fill into a spot, and then you know, go if it's not going to work at youth, it's not going to work at senior. Yeah. Basically, so you know, if you don't fit in, then. Yeah. You're not going to make it. It know. also puts those younger players in a great position once they make it through into those uh, older age teams to understand the philosophy already of bought into yeah. the system. Um, makes it a lot easier all around. Yeah, and the speaking of the Socceroos, the squad was announced today by Ange at a press conference and the bolter that made the squad was uh, Jimmy Jago, who obviously we know had stints at the the victory in Adelaide, played pretty well with Adelaide, and then made a move over to the Netherlands, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, and did pretty well over there, I think. You're the one who's talking here after That's why Ange picked him. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't, well. I don't know what I'm okay, talking so the about. Young is, no yeah, idea what I'm talking about. Um, Again? Are still in it. Always, man. Young Socceroos are still in it. They, they are? Yeah, they are. Oh, okay, well... Disregard all of that shit talk then. <laughs> that's, that's all it is, mate. One more pool game. A couple of days. So we're still a chance. I get, yeah. I guess so the, you're saying there's a chance. The uh, the mighty Laos, the football power Laos. nation. Laos. Who so far out of four have had one draw. Well, okay. Well, if we, can't, if we can't beat them, we don't deserve to make the World Cup. Exactly right. Cool. right. The cool. FIFA ratings are out. If you like your football games, then FIFA... 
He's Me up there, pretty much. Yes. Like, oh yeah, yeah, you like your FIFA games, don't I you? I do. Gosh. I uh, I'm I'm getting pretty good at it. Are you excited? Uh very excited. Uh, some of the new features of FIFA 17 look very good. Um, so Putting speaking story mode. The journey looks very good. Uh, you play as a player from a youth up to representing a club and possibly representing your country, which looks pretty good. So, obviously, moving on to us, we have four silver players and the rest are bronze. And our so, highest ranked player is Taveras on 67. And the three other silver players are Fati on 66, Fabio on 65, and Monty on 65. So... I've looked. I've had a look at some other A League clubs, and they've got a lot more than five silver players. So that uh, that really sums it up where we are at the moment. Um, do you want me to read up all every player that's been mentioned? No, that's right. Well, what we might try and do is, um, if and when we get a player in here, we'll ask them about their stats. All right. Yep. Sounds good. There's a big opportunity here for a lot of them, isn't there? To uh, boost their stats. Exactly. Yep. Do you play FIFA tomorrow? No, I don't. I think I may uh, be outside the age limit. We might try and get a copy in here for you and see how you go against Josh. I reckon I'd be pretty horrendous. So uh, you can play yeah, as Barcelona. I would, and I have to play as the Mariners. Uh, Accrington Stanley or something like that. Yeah. Some like League 2 team. Yeah, I'd be possibly better off to just play real football against Josh. Kettering Town or something. You'd probably like beat me at, at real football. <laughs> you wouldn't beat me at a video game, though. No <laughs> way. <laughs> we might do that. We might have a inter... Into podcast FIFA comp. Oh, we'll I'd bet you all easily. I've put so many hours into FIFA. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that's I don't have a life. I really have no life. What do you do? Oh, I play career. FIFA career is what I play like all the time. I don't play. Ult- I barely play ultimate teams. So I could you it. improve the Mariners? Uh, are you are you are you offering me a job? No. Oh, I was getting excited. I thought I was. I thought I was Daniel for a second. What, getting excited what do you think we should do with um, formation then? Oh, do you leave the formation or do you? Like I, think, I, I, I think we can go for an attacking three-five-two. Easy. Three at the back. Let's uh, let's let's play like Juventus and uh, just attack, attack, attack. All right. Okay. Well, and we'll, concede probably when, fifty goals. When FIFA seventeen comes out, I'll bring my PS4 in and a TV. We can probably just use this thing. Yeah. Um, and we'll see how your formation goes and tactics, all right? All right. Imagine what my user rating is going to be. Five. Well, what have we got there? We've got silver and bronze. Is there any lead? Appy is on... F- <laughs> no. <laughs> it's balanced. No. Aluminium. You can be gravel. Yeah. <laughs> Bauxite. You can be soil. <laughs> I may not be qualified. <laughs> What's the worst metal you can get? Uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. Yeah. Right. You can be coal. <laughs> I know it's not a metal, but anyway. Right. Um, fan Day. We've talked about a lot about the Fan Day. You'll hear about that in the interview with Sean yep. and um, Jesse as well. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to move on to... Overseas football? Yeah. Overseas players. So... Uh, Tommy Rogic scored for wait, Celtic. Wait, wait, I've got the music this week. Okay, sorry. Right, Josh, how are players going? Tommy Rogic scored for Celtic, scored their first goal, or was it second? No, first, against Inverness in a 2 all draw. They dropped points away. Huddersfield 
one, I think, against QPR. It was uh, it was Moy versus Luongo. The Aussies are dead. Yeah, the, the Aussies going head to head. Yeah, that's that, that's all I've got really. All right, Nicky Travis. I went and looked him up. All right, for, this is this is going to be the the. F- Let's have a look at former Mariners and what they're doing now segment. Yeah, so Nicky Travis, uh, probably the only thing we got out of the Sheffield deal. And he started off quite well. I remember he scored, I think it was a Kraken volley against uh, Victory one year. This music is so off-putting. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it came to the point where he thought he was too good for the club. And he stopped trying and just started walking around, didn't he? Do you remember that, Mario? He looked pretty legendary. He, yeah. Well, I can I can assure you he hasn't got much higher than uh, us. Mm. Where is he at now, Jimmy? If you go on his wiki, he's still got pictures of like him wearing Mariners gear because I think it's the highest level he ever played. To be honest, he's currently at Matlock Town FC, which are in the Northern Premier League Premier Division, uh, which is the seventh uh, tier of football in the UK. So he's, he's he's pretty far down the pyramid. I can't even tell you if he's playing or not. No. Probably not. No. Uh, moving on, let's let's talk about our former striking sensation, John Sutton. He played for us uh, at an interesting time. We were actually playing pretty well, and we he made eight appearances for the club and scored one goal. Aaron, you remember that one goal that he scored for us? Most of those appearances were fairly well hidden appearances, but yes, I do remember that goal. It was an important goal. It Most was. of us are fairly. Happy that he did score that goal. It was. Uh, it was. We were away to Wellington, and we won that last one nil, didn't we? Yes, and wasn't it? Was it the last game? That it was he the last game of the season as well. Yeah. And uh, we all knew that he was on his way, and we were happy to stand at the pier and wave him goodbye. But he left <laughs> us with that great parting gift. It wasn't it was the last game. It was the last game of the season for us, not the last game of the A League. So I remember um, Brisbane took their home kit down to Adelaide. And the comedy ensued because it was orange versus red, and no one could tell what the f- was going on, whether who, what team was what, because Brisbane obviously wanted to win the premiership with their uh, with their home kit on. Because we played before, didn't we? Did we yeah, play before? Not before, yeah. Yeah. So they took their all their gear for nothing because we had already won it. Yeah. All right. So moving on, my my next player I'm going to have a look at is Flores Flavor himself, Marcos Flores. Um, what do you think of his time here at the Mariners? I think I think, I think he, the he three the, well he, with McGlinchey. he scored three goals for us, and I'm pretty sure they were all penalties. Probably, it, it was a good play. He scored he, two. He scored two penalties in derby, didn't he? Or one, one or two? I feel no, like he might have got one field goal, but you might be right. Yeah. he definitely scored a couple field of penalties. Goal? A field goal. field goal was that straight into base sixteen? Was it? <laughs> he put it. No, he put it. He put it <laughs> on the train the line. Code there. He put it on the train line. <laughs> Speaking of train lines, here's a here's a name for you, Michael Mifsud. Remember him? Mm. I remember one vividly, very, very vividly, one hot day in the bay. No one wanted to be there because it was forty degrees. But then we all got cheered up because old mate Michael Mifsud for Melbourne Art was put through a gap, and his shot missed so badly that it went over all the seats and went onto the train line. And it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my He's life. He's a legend. It's impressive. Absolute legend. I couldn't do that. No, there's a good distance to be gotten there. It is, it is a big kick. A very exactly. big kick. Exactly. Uh, well, sp- going back to Flores, he went to Jacksonville Armada in the second division of the United States. Played 22 games and scored twice. 
Then he went on to the Chilean second division with Curico Unido. Played eight games, scored one goal. And I love your pronunciation. Now it's terrible. I, I can't do it. How can I do a Spanish accent? I can't. A Spanish fairy just died somewhere in the world. <laughs> yep. From that translation. Gracias. <laughs> and now he's at now he's in Indonesia with Percy Bandung, Bali. No, he's in. Didn't it's, go to West, it's West Java. West Java. West Java. West Java. So, so that's at the Jakarta end. Yeah, basically. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Do, do, do you know Indonesian geography? Because I don't. Uh, oh no, it's north of Australia. <laughs> <laughs> north of Darwin and west of Bali. An Indonesian ferry just died as well. <laughs> oh, okay. That translation, dude. It was, it was bad. That's why I only speak Bogan English. Is there another language? That's it. That's that's all I've got. Should I just let this music play for the rest of the podcast? Or? It's it's really off-putting me now. I'm it over is, it. And I'm not really sure how it relates to South American Flores, but but um, you know, if he ever decides to go mountain climbing in Switzerland, <laughs> wearing Lederhosen, then this is this, this is this is very. Shelf. I think this is very Oktoberfest in in Dutchland. Yeah, well, it's an Oktoberfest um, album. Take a sip from my stein right now. Yep. All right. Well, we're just talking shit now, so we're just gonna. We have been for like the past fifteen minutes. <laughs> Only that. Yep. All right, that'll do for this part. All right, we're back with Sean Millicamp, who was meant to be in the office. But he's off playing golf somewhere, aren't you? Uh, not really playing golf. I catch up with IFS and uh, uh, Browning and Cozzy to talk about our community programs moving forward. So, uh, productive afternoon, and my apologies, um, uh, I'm not there at the Centre of Excellence. Okay, Sean, so to begin with, uh, the club's been through some pretty big changes and uh, perhaps even some hard times since you've taken the helm. Um, I wanted to find out, uh, you've been here for over a year now, I think it is. Uh, how's that going for you personally? Personally? Well, I tell you what, it's, um, it's, it's the challenge that I knew that I came for. I'm, I you know, still wake up every morning and feel like it can change the world. So, um, you know, couldn't be any happier with the opportunity. Um, you know, is the place where uh, I'd hoped it'd been, you know, 12 months ago. No, but now the reality of setting is as to, to what the real challenges are and, and actually feeling really good that we're actually genuinely fixing, you know, um, fixing the club for the long term and the benefit there. So, so yeah, for me, I suppose it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, heading towards my second season and I feel like the place is in a far better situation this season than we were uh, when I first came. And so, um, so hopefully we continue to grow in that space. So, just dumbing it down a bit, what's the highest high you've had and the lowest low? Whilst being at the club? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the highest high. Um, well, that's, Would it be uh, the palm tree shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Taking Lewis I'll, Garcia I'll, I'll out to dinner? I'll start with the lowest, I'll start with the lowest of my and, uh, and hopefully the boys from Coast FM uh, are listening because uh, they were there to share it with me. It was a bloody cold... Uh, you know, midweek down at uh, a horrible place in uh, down at Green Gully, and um, and that was a really really challenging time being down there, uh, seeing that the technical area was set up for the home team on halfway, and our technical area was on the 
18-yard box. There was a six-foot slope from one end to the other. Um, the howling wind came in, and there was this old board member that was sitting up in the box with it absolutely giving it to me from the start right the way through to the end. And um, and anyone who'd been around me at the time and uh, uh, and and had, and had you know, been present probably would remember how how frustrating that moment was. And that was definitely a really challenging um, you know, period. I think probably from a from a high perspective, um, for me the high is is really uh, seeing the team grow, uh, the uh, the off field team. So so the guys of you know Tyson and you know, Dan, the membership man as we like to call him, and and all the crew working with Sharon every day, and you know Catherine the CFO, and and uh, I, I could really need to rattle them all off because uh, there's none that should be missed, but. But for me, the high is, is the, the quality of the staff and the team that we've got there uh, today is, um, is exceptional. Great group of people, um, yeah, plenty of energy, and, and, uh, and this group of people, I've no doubt, is going to really help, help grow the club for a long time. Uh, well, we've gone through a lot of changes, as we just uh, spoke of. I would like to get your thoughts and how everything sort of changed with, the, with Tony leaving and then... What was the process of uh, appointing Paul and what's he done with the club so far? Yeah, uh, I suppose um, uh, the first bit there on, on the change, the, the, the change was, was tough. Change is, is never a good time for, for such a change. And, and you know, to, to get to that point where, you, uh, where, where as a club we realise that, um, that it's, it's now or never to make a change uh, is, is always confronting because because you've got to look yourself in the mirror and say, you know, geez, we didn't get this right. There's, there's, there's no fun fun period in that at all. Um, and, and so everyone's got a, got a part in the whole organisation to, um, to to carry that that burden. Uh, however, moving forward, you know, the um, the, the appointment of, of Paolo was, uh, was, was geez, a, a really exciting one in many aspects. I had the absolute fortune of, of spending a, an hour and a half with Ange Postacoglu one-on-one where... I spoke to him about the club and the ins and outs, and, and and before we'd even mentioned any names, just tried to get an understanding of, of his thoughts as to um, the type of coach we needed, the type of uh, yeah, football we needed to, to deliver, uh, not only for our market but for football in Australia, uh, and really getting back to to being a club that that produces the most amount of Socceroos. And as we continue that conversation, that's that's where where his recommendation of, of, of Paolo. Um, you know, it became a big one, and and uh, whilst there was lots of candidates and there was lots of applications, um, yeah, and, and I'd, I'd had several interviews with uh, with with, uh, with some of the other applicants that were there, and, and they're all impressive. I got the sense really early that my recommendation back to Peter and Mike, um, yeah, from the Australian candidates, which which I was looking at, well, it couldn't go wrong because because there were some really quality uh, applicants that are there, and I. I felt really saddened to some aspect that I couldn't hire more than one coach in many aspects because you, you go through that journey and you get to you get to know them, you get to to buy into their football philosophies and and there are some really good up and coming coaches uh, in the Australian market. So so um, and that's where where yeah where things started to to really fall pretty quickly. The moment that Peter Story and Mike had engaged with Paolo and had a conversation, it, it just ticked the box so quickly and moved at a rapid rate, which was um, yeah, which was good to see. So uh, his his impact on the club is is enormous. Uh, the, the the change of environment, the professionalism um, that that we're experiencing at the moment uh, is it's impossible not to get excited by a lot of that. Uh, but there is also a real awareness that 
we've got a long way to go. We've, uh, we've got some massive challenges ahead, and it's, and it's not going to be easy. Uh, just just going back to the coaches, uh, are you able to uh, tell us uh, anyone that came close to the job that Paul ultimately got? Were there any big names, like you just said, that you thought were a good choice, but ultimately you went in the direction of Ocon? Oh, look, I think it's it's probably inappropriate uh, for me to, to to personally say that because uh, because that's not fair. That's not fair on on um, on the other applicants who who missed out for, for for no other reason apart from Paul being a better fit for us. That's not to say that uh, um, that that they weren't weren't good enough or or, or weren't weren't ready or, or anything like that. So it's unfair to to, to put a name out there. Um, but you know. I suppose uh, everybody's aware of, of what was written in the media and, and some of those are really close and some of those were way off the mark. Um, but um, but it really became a, a, a perfect fit uh, when it came to who we were looking for, what are the attributes we're after, and, um, and, and Paolo was, um, was ideal for us. So with the, um, we've got the fan day coming up in about a week and a half. It's on the 1st. Um, it's not at the stadium because they're still trying to get it ready for the season. Is that correct? Yeah, if anyone uh, has been passing and had a look at the pitch, they've had a lot going on there. They've had the CCF finals. Uh, I believe there's been some rugby league that's been on there. They've had a whole heap of CrossFit uh, that's there. So it's uh, the, the stadium itself, the, the, pitch is, the pitch is not... not. If we go on the pitch now, uh, then round one, uh, everyone will be disappointed as to the quality that we have there. Uh, and on the flip side, the pitch at Plume is actually um, in, in a decent state. They, they uh, trained there the, uh, the other week, and um, and yeah, for us to we're kind of really excited to to be going to Plume. I'm catching up with Darren Spot tomorrow. The relationship between Central Coast Mariners and Central Coast Football is is getting better every day. Um, and, That's good to hear. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 really really excited um, by everybody's really wanting to to link arms and. And, and, and go in the right direction together. So, um, and Darren and guys at CCF, Alex Bergen in particular, um, they, they've been really, really good for us. And uh, and I'm really keen to get that message out there about how good CCF has been for the Central Coast Mariners because the last uh, yeah the last year and a half has been um, it's been interesting because everyone can tell me how bad the relationship is, but every time I deal with them, it's been a positive one. So, um, so well, I so, know yeah, it I did go quite south. Uh, I know I know the relationship went south a few years ago. When um, someone else is in charge, but it's um, it's good that those days are over. Yep, agreed. Probably the most yeah. important relationship yeah. the club has in the local uh, sense. Um, so yeah. moving on with um, with the fan day, um, I've heard there's a special something going on with the team photo. Uh, yes, with the team photo. So um, uh, so what we're looking to do with the team photo, working with our new apparel partner, Umbro. So, um, so it will be the pretty much. We think that this will be the first time that anyone will be able to purchase the jersey. Um, uh, we're waiting on Re- uh, on Rebel and Umbro to to confirm when everything goes on sale. But anyone who is wearing the new uh, the new jersey will be able to be part of the team photo. Um, so we'll be encouraging everybody to um, to pick up the the uh, the new bright jersey and be part of the team photo, which which should be pretty exciting. Now I've seen an example of this photo, and I gotta say it's brilliant. And I hope that we get a lot of people down there getting the new kit. Yeah, look, it's in, it's impressive the um, yeah the the idea that we've stolen uh, for this one. So, um, <laughs> so hopefully, shameless uh, hopefully stolen. It's, 
<laughs> yes. Borrowed, so, um, we might say. Which, which, if you know anything about that club, uh, take some time and Google and see what happened to the to the manager who uh, who just got uh, physically removed by the supporters. I, I did hear uh, about that. Interesting yes. story. Yeah, but uh, but anyway, that's that's off track. Uh, what it, what what will be great is if we have a lot of very bright yellow jerseys uh, there on um, there on the family day. Okay, Sean, can you? We have recently started a bunch of initiatives around the ACT in Canberra, and uh, one that caught the eye was uh, the selection of three young men and uh, I believe a coach who came and have experienced some development time um, with our squad. Um, can you tell us anything about uh, how that went and whether they enjoyed that or, or felt that was successful? Yeah, well, they're, they're sort of coming to camp for us. So we've uh, we've looked to shuffle some things back because two of the players are still uh, playing for Canberra Olympic in the FFA Cup. Um, so um, so uh, so there's a real real excitement about seeing how they go um, uh, on Wednesday night for that. So um, so they're all due to come into camp. Three players and a coach, um, and it's a really important part for us down in Canberra. Um, you know, Capital Football in Canberra have, have really sort of flagged to us. The challenges there there's there's uh, there's there's you know twenty two and a half thousand registered participants so there's a really good catchment but there's no uh, pathway um, coming out of there so so if you're a, if you're a, an up and coming elite player um, there's, there's really NPL is is the top of the tree uh, unless you jag a miracle which we saw with Tommy Rogic uh, that's there so so for us it's something that that have been um, we've been looking at it's it is a bit of an experiment but it gives them great exposure. To three young players that also allows us to, to speak with one of the local coaches, give them some insight as to, um, uh, to, to how the Central Coast Mariners operate and hopefully take that back. And, uh, and you, never, you never know. You know, looking at good players is only, is, is only ever going to be a good thing. So, um, so, so for us growing in that space, um, yeah, of course, we're hoping to grab the next Tommy Rogic and uh, whether it comes out of this crop or, or one in future years, um, opening up those pathways into the Central Coast Mariners can only improve our options. Uh, just uh, going back to, I guess, links with, with other clubs, obviously, uh, probably, I think it was about a year ago, a year and a half ago, we announced a partnership with Everton. Can you give us an update on how that partnership's going? Yeah, well, I suppose the the, the, the partnership itself, is it's been frustrating um, behind the scenes because it's been real, there's been conversations, there's been engagement, there's been discussions, but uh, but we haven't been able to bear a lot of fruit uh, from that. Um, there's uh, the amount of times that we've been looking at, at, a, at a player transfer and got extremely close, uh, but not get there is um, yeah is, is is one aspect for it. Uh, sorry, sorry, to interrupt you. I just, I just sorry, I just yeah. had a question. Um, was the uh, we we had a had our eyes on a young Everton keeper, didn't we? Was that was that true or just paper talk? Oh no, no, no mate, that, that's hundred percent true. That's, yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm what I'm describing. There was a okay, yeah, yep. there was a young keeper who, who was due to come in, uh, but he was too young, uh, couldn't come in under the FFA regs. He's now moved on to to some very impressive things. So he's now he's now moved moved forward. Um, so our model and our goal here is to be able to attract a marquee before they're a marquee um, and, and celebrate their career as they grow rather than celebrate the career that has been. Um, and so we see the evident relationship as a really important one. And the reality from a player transfer perspective uh, for us as a club is if there's a player that's in the evidence system and they've hit 21 and they haven't cracked it into the EPL, 
then then they're probably not going to. But but a younger player between the 18 and 20 age group, um, they're looking to give them serious game time in serious competitions um, and and get them on that journey. So so that's what what's the benefit for Everton is being able to send a a 19-year-old kid to come and really cut his wares down in the A-League uh, and then go back into their system and move forward uh, and, and increase the, um, the the growth of those players. So so that program's still very much in place. We're, um, we're very, very close to the FFA, uh, changing the, the ruling there. It's sounding like it's all going to happen. Uh, it's just a matter of, uh, of getting to that point that it's um, the floodgates can open and we can we can push on forward with that one. Uh, more on players that have trained on with us and trialled with us. Um, we know that we had three Indian players come over and train. Yes. Um, was that just about building a connection with the club that they play with? So on a similar pathway uh, conversation, there's uh, when you look at the uh, the Indian Premier League um, and what's growing there, we know that there's a there's a big market base that's uh, that, that, that's new to the sport in many aspects. However, the local Indian players um, have struggled to, to move out of India and to grow. And so it was an opportunity. We've got a great relationship with the Delhi Dynamos. Um, and in fact, we were very close to actually having them uh, come on tour to Australia for a pre-season tour. And we're continuing those talks. We're hoping to have them out this time next year um, to, to come forth and, and, ex- and expand on that. So the Indian players was really an opportunity to see how big the gap is or is there a gap that was there? And and those players did really really well, um, yeah, in in showcasing that. So so there's uh, there, there's no doubt that they weren't out of their depth uh, by any means. Um, and so so it's good to give Delhi a lot of feedback as to from a football perspective as to where we thought the players were at. Uh, got some great exposure as well back in India uh, for for us as a club. And we're going to continue that relationship because because there's a few opportunities that can be there. The the other option that that could really be um, tantalising from a football perspective is the timing of when the uh, is when the Indian competition finishes. Should they have a marquee that comes in as an opportunity to tack on into the January transfer window, so you could have a deal uh, hypothetically. Let's say Luis Garcia came along, signed with Delhi Dynamos for the Indian season, and then came in for the back six. Uh, uh, for the back part of our season, uh, you, you could do a, a shared deal. So there's there's a lot of value in, in in increasing that conversation because it could see some big name players come through, and it could also open up some pathways for some exciting Indian talent. Only time will tell uh, what the future lies in that space, but it's it's definitely a, a really intriguing one. That sounds like a lot of positive movements forward there. It's good. Um, one thing we mentioned last week on the podcast was um, the fact that. Um, FIFA and the AFC have started to put pressure on the FFA to give more power to the clubs. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Wow. Um, Would you so like I'm to see that to... so we can, um, you know, we can make rule changes? We mentioned the Everton keeper there that couldn't sign due to the FFA's uh, rules. Is that something you would look at changing? Last week I mentioned that um, you know it, it, the majority of clubs would probably want to increase the salary cap, which is not a good thing for us. Yeah. Yeah, there's 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 definitely a big conversation to have. That's got a lot of different aspects to it. Um, definitely the the the, like the 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 revenues flow and the structure of the game um, becomes really critical um, in in this space. 
I think that it's a great conversation for everybody to have to make sure that the model of football in Australia is is the correct one. Um, and uh, and and yeah, it's it's uh, you know when you look at the MLS and the structure that happens over in the states, and you think, well, wow, there's uh, are there some things there that we can pick up and learn from um, that, that that should be put onto the table? At the moment, the way the game is structured, uh, everybody's pretty much aware that the FFA is. Our board is, is, is primarily driven from the member feds. Um, and so I think that there's a definite conversation around to, to how does that translate into the, um, into the operations for the A-League. Um, and in essence, you know, I think every, everybody wants the A-League to be as big as it can so that the money um, and the funding of the game can go from the top down uh, rather than, than, than a bottom up. And there's a, a, a triangle of collaboration series of meetings that, that, that I've, I've had a lot uh, a lot of different meetings in, in different states to do with all trying to make sure that the member federations, the FFA and the A-League clubs all come together and, and start moving in the one direction rather than sort of pushing against each other. And I think it's very appropriate for FFA and AFC to, to become involved and to have their say about how they feel that the sport should be run here. Where the outcomes will come from, I'm not sure, but, but I know that all the chairmen from all the A-League clubs are very clear on, on what they're looking to, um, to 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 move forward and, and to and to get across the line, and so um, so it's probably best for them to make those big comments at, at this stage. But uh, it can, only good them. things can happen when everyone's wanted to go the right way. So fair enough, I can understand you want to keep quiet. It's all good. <laughs> it's just not it's just not my place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, um, that's it. That's uh, well done. You've you've passed your test. And uh, hopefully we'll get you in here one week. Oh, very good, very good. Well, a couple of things that I might throw out there, and um, and I believe, Erin, you might have uh, been privy to a couple of things, but we are looking to uh, evolve uh, a lot of the um, uh, a lot of the initiatives that we started last season. Um, and in particular, we were doing Skype calls and pre-match functions, uh, and we are looking to restructure that in a format. I'm, I'm hoping that by the time this... Uh, podcast goes to where that we're very close to announcing our members only Facebook uh, group and page, uh, so which will be a tricky one for us to coordinate. But in essence, uh, if we can have all our members on, on a private exclusive page, then we can deliver content live straight from the change rooms onto that page, uh, which is a great value add for all our members. So rather than having the Skype call that just goes straight into a venue from the site, if that goes straight to an exclusive page for all our members to um, uh, to be able to get access to directly onto their phones. Uh, then I think we've we've got something that's, that's pretty uh, innovative. Um, I'm keen to get your thoughts, Aaron, uh, to throw the questions the other way. Uh, I'm not sure how much Tyson may or may not have been across it, but um, but that's one thing that we're definitely looking at at the moment. Uh, yeah, I think it's a great idea. It won't necessarily be something that everyone loves as an idea, but any uh, opportunity that we've got to make a difference between um, what a member gets and what a non-member gets to encourage mm-hmm. them to become members um, and encourage all of those uh, 6,000 people that we've got uh, in our membership base to be salespeople in themselves for uh, signing up the next 1,000. So so I think that this is a good way to... I mean, you know, I'm going to miss uh, comments from Western Sydney fans about how they're not renewing their memberships with the Mariners and things like that, but... Um, <laughs> but I'll enjoy having conversations with uh, Mariners fans and knowing that they're genuinely Mariners interested uh, interested enough to, 
to um, open their wallets and become a member. So, so yeah, I think it's a great idea. There's, there's plenty a of um, brilliant idea. I think anything that can entice someone to become a member is obviously a good thing. Yep, there's great opportunities in terms of um, surveying uh, just the members, in terms of uh, getting ideas from the members, in terms of getting members to help other members um, with uh, questions that they um, might need answers to. Thanks for that, Jimmy. Um, we need video for that one, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> when, uh, when, when, the, when people put stuff on uh, the club's Facebook page and expect an answer for it, then uh, you know what time's the game? Uh, is there going to be a pre-match function this week? Um, what's, where's the post-match function, etc.? All of those things uh, can be answered by members instead of by fans. I think it's a great idea. One more question cool. I got for you, Sean. <laughs> I just remembered. Yeah. Did Dan, the membership man, talk to you about the special deal? <laughs> oh, well, he did a bit. He got one call, didn't he? I think I think someone called in and he actually gave him a gave him a great price. If it's one that I'm thinking about, um, so. Oh really? Um, I didn't hear anything about that. That's good. <laughs> was yeah. it the was it yeah, the no, CFM no, people? I'm... Was it the CFM people that uh, that asked him for a Lewis Garcia jersey? <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's a round two to that. So um, so yeah, yeah, stay tuned on that. There's 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 more to come. I should uh, actually have one listen to call in and ask for a membership and reference us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> wow. yeah, we definitely. did it! So. Yes! We got one! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so whoever you are out there, well done. Thank you. And maybe, yeah, um, yeah give the guys a plug. I'll be honest. Yeah, so. I, I, Thanks, Dan. I, I felt a bit bad because I think most of our listeners would have been members already. So. Yeah. Oh, well, not to worry. All right. Yeah. Thank you very much for talking to us this, this week, Sean. I'll have to, um, eat. What are you doing next Tuesday? Oh, mate, I, I, I promise you I'll be there. I don't you know. have to come in and look at your digs. Be. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Cool. All right. Cheers, gents. Thank you All very right, much. Thanks, See Sean. you. All right, we've got our second ever guest in the studio. How are you, Jesse? I'm very well, mate. How are you guys? I'm well. Very well, thank you. Very well. Very well. Um, So you're the events manager. Yes, yes I am. Uh, Can you tell us exactly what you do? You manage events, I take it. Yeah, so I I organise all the uh, external events at the club. uh, And then obviously uh, our biggest event of all, which is match day. So um, I work alongside Sharon Baxter, who's uh, our operations manager, football business manager. And I work under her. And uh, yeah, we essentially roll out match day. Um, all the intricacies as well as uh, you know all the stuff that happens at half time all the way through to security and whatnot. So plenty to be done. I'm scared to ask this question, but um, I hear you're a bit of a fisherman, Jesse. Is uh, have you got any um, big catches that you could talk to us about? Oh, mate. Uh, well, I'll, t- I'll tell you a story about this uh, this guy I, I know. Uh, so uh, I-, I went fishing with this guy. Um, uh, he's actually in the room with us right now. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at him. Uh, and we went out one one morning, and uh, this is this is like, before we went out fishing. Obviously, I, I was at his house, and uh, I saw what uh, about thirty pictures on his wall of uh, you know fish that are about a meter long each. And then we went out, and he talked a big game. He did, he did. But we got out there, we 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 wet a line, we threw a few out there, and uh, and we caught. Oh, mate, we we caught zip. Absolutely nothing. No, so but yeah. a good time was had by all. It was, it was. All right, that question's been turned around fully on me, Jimmy, so let's move along, please. <laughs> Lovely. 
Okay, so how do people get in touch with you and um, in regards to getting donations or players or the club to their event? Yeah, cool. So we have, uh, I guess, the the two processes that we use. Um, in terms of donations, uh, we have a donation request form which you can um, contact the club. Um, Cheyenne, our, our uh, lovely community coordinator, uh, handles all the, the donation requests and basically uh, if there's something you're after for your event, uh, i.e. a signed jersey um, or whatever it may be, um, we'll review that. We get quite a lot of donation requests, so we obviously can't answer them all, but um, we you know, we work closely, obviously, with our charity partners and all the different, uh, uh, all the local clubs, for example, and, you know, we try and do what we can. Um, in terms of plays, same deal. We uh, will uh, have a uh, player request form and we work through the same process in, you know, making sure it's... Uh, it's fit for the players. Um, uh, obviously, we want to try and uh, meet all, all the requests we can. Um, yeah, so they're probably uh, your number one uh, ways to do it. Otherwise, just contact the club direct, and uh, you know we can work with you based on your uh, your your need for your event. So, plenty of ways to do it, and we're happy to to reach out to the community and and do what we can. So, uh, I think the players of the Mariners have always been very good at being accessible to the fans. Uh, it's never been anything that's been a problem, I don't think. Uh, what do you think are sort of the best events for players to attend? Yeah, so I mean, whenever I'm organising an event, the the number one thing to remember, uh, whenever you're, you're looking to have a player along to your event, you know, whether it's a you know a family fair or a, you know a, a local club event, uh, is to keep the players engaged. So you want to keep the guys um, active in in whatever it is they're doing. For example, um, you know, if there's a you know a Q and A portion of the night, you know, uh, things that the guys can be physically doing, they're they're the events that um, you know that, that we look for. Um, keeps the guys happy, uh, makes the event go very quickly and um yeah yeah just keeping the guys engaged is is number one rather than just obviously standing there which um can be quite mundane and you don't always get the best engagement out of the players so okay speaking of the trivia night (laughs) yep what can you do for us uh well depends mate what do do you want the works i want the works you want the works (laughs) yeah okay the vip package okay uh well (laughs) i'll have uh, i'll have tyson write up a bit of a, a uh uh, press release on, on your event. Um, I'll also have Oof. Tyson attend as well. Tyson's our media manager, in case you guys didn't know. Um, I'll have him write a, uh, a post-event review. Um, I'll also have Tyson uh, involved in the MC duties. He'll do that for you. Um, and, of course, we'll have uh, we'll you know sort out some plays and some donations. And, yeah, mate, we'll, we'll make it a real it'll be a real hoot. So it's going to be a good night, the sounds of it. Yep. Very good, good night. But Easy. Fancy dress too, do you reckon? Oh nah, just best best shirt. What fancy dresses in where where wear the palm tree kit? Full kit, yeah. yeah. Can do a full kit night. <laughs> a full kit. Oh, Aaron would be over, over would that. Smash that. I love that idea. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> All right, uh, family fun day. Yes. What can you tell us about that? Yes, uh, family fun day. So um, we're looking at uh, October one, which is uh, the long weekend. So. It's probably a, a one of our biggest events of the year, uh, besides, uh, obviously, uh, match day. Uh, so, Family Fun Day, October 1, 9 to 1 at Plume Park. So, there's been a, uh, a bit of a change of venue. We were originally looking to do it at the training ground, but we've shifted it to, to Plume Park. So, traditionally, before the first round of the season, um, and the last sort of time for for uh, members and fans to be able to engage with the team before round one. So, um Essentially, we'll have a training session in the morning. Um, we'll have activities rolling out on the on the uh, training field there at Plume Park. So we've got uh, rides, we've got sponsor activations, we've got uh, obviously membership. Uh, the biggest thing is uh, got, uh, people will be able to pick up their their membership um, packs. 
So Dan, uh, the membership man, will be there handing out uh, those. That so, name is taken off, mate. It's uh, it's yeah. He, Who started he that? He's, he's he's I don't know another bloke that's uh, quite like him, mate. He's a true gentleman. Just given giving him props. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah. I heard someone on the weekend call him Dan the Membership Man over the PA. It was at the ground. Yeah, yeah at half time. If you go see Dan the Membership Man for memberships. Brilliant. It's catching on. I thought you went to see him for everything. He solves all problems. <laughs> Does he? I thought I think so. Oh, okay. No, that's, that's for Sean. <laughs> but uh yeah, so we've got all that. Um and obviously the we're looking to do a few things there. So we've got the, the training session, um we're looking to do the jersey presentation with the guys, which is, you know, obviously uh, presenting the, go- uh, the guys with their jerseys. Uh, a bit of a signing session, of course. Wouldn't be uh, a family day without that. And something new that we're, we're looking to bring in is, is the family photo, which um, I believe Sean may have talked about. But um, for anybody that, that purchased the Umbro jersey, uh, the new home Umbro jersey on that day will um, be able to be involved in the, uh, the team photo, which is going to be very exciting. So, um, it's, you know, going to be a, a great shot. So... Uh, one, one for the a great one for the members to be involved with and uh, take home something that they'll be able to remember. So get your pre-orders in. That's it. Yep, get them in. You can jump online and uh, we've got to register your interest. Uh, uh, so I have done that. Yes. So what does that mean? Yeah. So we'll then pass those. Um, we'll have a uh, a finalised, uh, I guess, table of of those. Um, orders. We'll pass them through to Rebel and they'll fulfil them on the day. So essentially, um, we'll. Have the have the list there, and you'll be able to pick up New Jersey there. So, okay. Yep. Now, last season wasn't the best season. Yes, we all know that. It was quite low point of the Mariners' okay, existence. Yeah, yes, I think yeah. one of the lowest points of the whole season was um, Super Hubert. Super Hubert. <laughs> now you do halftime entertainment. Uh, I'm yes, I'm I'm involved in um, in the creative side of the halftime entertainment. Yes. What uh, what was going on with that? Well, uh, Super Hubert was. Uh, I, I, I don't know if you know Super Hubert, but he's a, he's a bit of a legend around uh, New, Newcastle. Uh, he's a cancer survivor. He's an, uh, an absolute gentleman of a bloke. Um, but I'm not he, denying that. He, yeah, yeah. And he's he's also uh, obviously his full time work. He's uh, he's a comedian slash uh, magician. So um, yeah, obviously uh, he he was there at our halftime, and uh, he did uh, make people laugh, which is I believe his core his core role as a comedian. So let's tick that box. Um, they were laughing at him. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, there's there's. Some things to try out, and uh, you know that's we obviously got a lot of attention out of that. So yeah, for you know probably uh, <laughs> I guess not not the right reasons in terms of people not really enjoying it. But you know, uh, oh, we enjoyed it. We're still talking about it now. Yeah. Well, there we go. You know, job done. So um, yeah. Last question from me. I participated in a halftime FIFA, if you remember. Yes, it I was, did. It was, it was the, the day when all the, all the boycotts... You got spanked, didn't you? you got no, that. I won. No, did you? Damn. Yeah, I won, <laughs> I won, I won the copy of FIFA 16, which is fun. Yeah. Are you going to do that again? Yes, yeah. Uh, the, the FIFA uh, 17, obviously, will be the, the one that we're looking to do this year. But yes, that is something I'm, I'm looking to do. So there are a few uh, different uh, match day uh, things that we're looking to do this year in terms of, um, you know, changing it up. And one of those things is... Um, Something that I'll, I'll just quickly touch on, which sort of builds off the team, uh, the team photo on uh, family day. But we're looking to do the the family photo, which is post game. Uh, there'll be an opportunity for fans and members. We'll do this every game um, for 
uh, when the team comes around, we'll, there'll be an opportunity where we'll stop the team and, and do like a family photo. And, you know, it's going to be a great piece of engagement with our, our fans and members in that, you know, you'll be able to tag yourself um, and spread the word. And obviously, you know, one thing that we're pushing this year is, you know, the Mariners family. Um, and we want everybody to be a part of that. And, you know, it all comes to head at match day um, post game where we do this photo. So that's just one of the things. And then there's other things, but uh, I'll, I'll wait for that to, to unfold during the season. No worries. Thank you very much for joining us this week. That's right, mate. I hope I didn't bore you guys too much with uh, match day stuff. So, no, you didn't. It was no. terrific. No, it's good. Thanks, Jesse. So we had Dan, and then we got Jesse, and then we're slowly working our way up the ladder. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> mate. It doesn't get any lower than me, mate. So, all good. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Now it's time for Stupid Things on Facebook. First up, we have a regular, Mr. Hunt. We really need to put the past emotions behind us. I know it's hard, but this team needs us. Remember, we are the 18th man. Bracket. It is it the 18th man? Close bracket. I have given my fair share of criticism in the troubled times. However, I will still support the players. Dot, 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 dot. Simon, Mar- you mariners. Dot. PPS. You didn't have a PS to start with. It's just gone straight to the PPS. Dot, dot, dot. I don't like calling us yellow. Surely we can come up with something better than calling our team yellow. We need a plebiscite. (laughs) You need to shut the f*** up. I am a footballer who bases my game on keeping the ball and not giving it away. I base my game around Sergio Aguero and Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm a very technical player and need to work on my physical side of the game, but I believe with professional coaching and training, I can learn and develop my physical side and become even better. I have a good vision and a good right foot. What happened to Sergio Aguero? My short passing with bad feet is also very good. I will appreciate if you can help me. Morrow, there's no help in you, mate. And our last comment, not our last comment, is from Mr. Jacobson. Another dud signing. Excuse me, sir, but that is Julie Goodwin. (laughs) And our last comment comes from the Newcastle Jets Facebook page from Mr. Selby. Fantastic result. Hopefully the Jets can restore some sporting dignity back into this town. Good luck with that, you f***ing idiot!
Um, that's it for this week's show. I would like to thank once again Sidelines, who actually have a new menu coming out uh, this weekend. We have to go down and try that out, Josh. Yes, I'm really keen um, to check out the new menu and see what... Uh, the menu? <laughs> try the menu. You can come down really, to a few of Check out the automatic. I'm sorry, I know we're laughing a lot through this podcast. Um, I don't know if it's a lack of oxygen in this room. I I know we're probably not as funny as we think we are. I know I know we're shit. Josh is just yeah, nodding. I know, but um, thanks for listening anyway. Yeah, thanks because we just pre- this is just absolute ramble. <laughs> oh. Hence the hence the name of the podcast. Come on, this is what I bring to They're the not table, boys. Josh. They're suffering. Nothing. They are. Suffering is anyone still this? listening to this? Shit? No, no, no. <laughs> anyway, so the new menu you know, is I'm meant to be. My headphones off. It's meant it. to be fantastic. So uh, we're gonna have to get in there and try that out. We are. Yeah. Uh, Sidelines Food is fantastic Get down there uh, Help out a local coast uh, entity Troy's a top bloke Get down there And thank you for suffering through this uh, We'll be back next week